0: What's going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Elise over Zoom video. Elise was born and raised in the Bay Area and talks about how she got into music. She comes from a very musical household. Her brother is a musician. I guess he has perfect pitch, so much so that he would wear earplugs to school. And he'd have to put them in between classes because when the bell hit, you know, to change classes at the end of the period or whatever, the bell wasn't hitting the right note. It was kind of like, I don't know, flat or something. So it it just gave him anxiety. So Elise brought up in a very musical household, started singing at age three. There's a video of her, I guess, uh, three kind of getting all her aunts and uncles and cousins and everybody together so she could sing to them on the kitchen counter. That was her stage. But Elise talked about singing in different courses and choirs growing up. She ended up getting on the X Factor at 13, but the show never aired because that was the year they pulled it from the United States. Elise graduated high school early, moved to Los Angeles at 17 to really pursue her career in music. She talked about the major success of her very first single, which is called Love Made Me Do It. She talks all about her first EP, Can You Keep a Secret, the next Halloween EP, Under My Bed. All about her debut album Chaotic, her most recent Halloween album, which is called Letting the Wolf In, and she talked about the most recent songs she's been releasing, including Pretty in the Dark. You can watch our interview with Elise on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review.
1: We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We're bringing it backwards with Elise. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm great. My name's Adam, and it's so nice to meet you.
1: It's so nice to meet you, too. Thank you for having me on the show.
0: Of course. Um, and this is a show about you and your journey in music. And we'll talk about the uh, new song you just released, which is amazing. I've been listening to it all morning.
1: Amazing. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, first off, I did read you're from Danville. Were you born and raised in Danville?
1: I wasn't born there, um, but my family moved there when I was like 13 and they live there now.
0: Oh, uh, OK, where, where were you born then?
1: I li- I grew up, well, I was born in Foster City and then I grew up around Foster City, San Mateo, like all around the peninsula. Okay. Um, family moved to Pleasanton and then they moved to Danville.
0: Oh, very, very cool. I lived in Walnut Creek area for like four years.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, you know the vibe.
0: <laughs> I do. I used to ride my bike on the Iron Horse Trail.
1: Oh, my God. I used to like. <laughs> I used to like in middle school, uh, sc- cut school and go to the iron horse trail. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the iron horse trail is awesome. It's so beautiful.
1: It is. It's honestly just like a really pretty area over there. Like all the hills oh, yeah. and everything I'm like, yeah, this yeah, is not I... LA. <laughs>
0: <laughs> No, 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 not at all. It's not <laughs> San Francisco either, but yet it's so close.
1: Yeah, I know. It's like so close to the city, but so different feeling, but It's nice. I like going back and visiting my family. It's like very chill there.
0: Yes. Yes. The only thing that's a bummer about, I don't, maybe they've built it now, but the BART used to not run. You'd have to go to either Walnut Creek or Dublin, which is not really close.
1: Oh yeah. There's only like, I think Walnut Creek is the closest for BART.
0: Yeah. And I used to drink at Elliot's when I used to drink. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I think that place has been there for like a hundred years
1: or something. Yeah, crazy. probably. I <laughs> Dan- think Danville feels so like antique and old. I'm just like, oh my god, like this is really a haven for retired people.
0: <laughs> it totally is.
1: <laughs>
0: um, so you moved there? At, you said at 13 to Danville. Yeah, okay, I lived
1: there from 13 to 17, and then I moved to LA.
0: Okay, very very cool. And I did see that you come from a quite a musical household.
1: Yeah, my brother is also very much a musician. Like even way more than me. He, I, like I grew up singing and doing music, and that's always been my life. But my brother was one of those kids where you're like, okay, you're five years old and you're playing Beethoven by ear. Like fuck off. Oh
0: wow, really?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah, like but you he used to
1: oh sorry, what was that? No,
0: no, no. You go. You go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say he used to literally have to wear earplugs to school because he had such well still has, but he has such strong, perfect pitch that like the bell between classes was in between notes and it would like give him anxiety. Like he was oh, wow, he was like a weird child savant. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. <laughs>
0: the bell isn't in like the proper key. He's like, oh. <laughs> oh wow. But you grew up playing piano too. Is that what I saw?
1: Uh yeah. I mean, I'm not like a super gifted piano player. I can get by enough to accompany myself when I'm singing, but I really mostly grew up just always singing, like never shutting up. Um, and my brother <laughs> usually would accompany me on piano.
0: Okay. And you've been singing for your whole life, like when did you start? You remember?
1: I don't even remember, but my mom has a video of me when I'm like, I think four or three, and I'm just like sitting on the kitchen counter, like making up a song, singing. I don't remember this, but apparently, I used to literally gather everyone in my house, like all my aunts and uncles and cousins, and like force them to sit and like watch me perform.
0: <laughs> That's so, awesome. Like, I, all right, come in, we're a having a concert. Life. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that's too funny um and l- well from there like how were you like in chorus or choir or anything like that or like how did you really kind of start doing music a bit more than singing on the um, uh-huh.
1: I think just yeah like I was in choir for most of my middle and high school years I always like did all the local talent shows and competitions Um, I actually, even my freshman year of high school, I got accepted into Oakland school for the arts for the vocal major. And I remember being like so excited because there was only one spot open for the vocal major and I got it and I went to OSA for a few months, but I ended up switching back to public school because I was getting like bullied and I was like, I can't handle this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Being, yeah. Oh, middle school is the worst. I mean, those... I feel so bad. My, I I mean, I got bullied a bit, but my sister, who's quite a bit younger than me, I remember she had the worst time in, in middle school. And I just keep thinking back. I'm like, gosh, those those kids were brutal.
1: Kids are brutal on another level because there's not like the experience of an adult where you're like, oh, you know, this isn't nice or whatever. Like kids will just give it to you. Right. How? Yeah,
0: <laughs> especially now with like the Internet and like uh Instagram or you know, whatever social media, like screenshot and posting things, like it's just, I mean, that's another level of being it's mean.
1: crazy. I know, I can't imagine being like a middle schooler in today's TikTok oh, world.
0: Yeah, it's terrifying, honestly. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm terrified and I'm 24. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, no Your one voice- scares me more than a 14 year old.
0: 14 year old. Yeah. With screenshot evidence. <laughs> like that's so crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not shocked that you got in that only spot in, in at that Oakland school because your voice is so good. I love uh, over breakfast that like acoustic song that you have.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Yeah. I was like, damn. I mean, your voice is awesome in all your songs, but that one, I was like, damn, like you, you could really, it's just cause it's just you there. Right. I mean, it's you in like an acoustic guitar. I think it might have a piano in the beginning. I can't remember, but
1: Yeah, Um, it's just me and a guitar. That song was like really fun. I'm really glad that you listened to that song and liked it because it's not one of my more popular songs, but it's like one of the most special songs to me. And yeah, I don't know. I wrote that song like literally like in my bed in like 10 minutes while I was really. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's a great song. When I hear that, like I said, it's just it's so stripped back and I'm like, whoa. You, you know, she can really, really sing.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah.
0: Um, so you did chorus choir and stuff. I did see you were like on the X Factor or something like at 13.
1: Yes, kind of. I I did the cattle call audition at Cow Palace in San Francisco, actually. Um, And, you know, it was the typical I'm not sure if you're familiar with like the singing shows, but. Yeah, I've
0: interviewed quite a few people that have done mainly American Idol, like a lot of people that have went through American Idol or.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they're all kind of a similar process, but. It, it's like, it's a bunch of little cubicles made of curtains and everyone's like belting their hearts out for the gods. And all you're <laughs> hearing is like every Adele song that's ever existed all at the
0: same time. <laughs> oh, wow. So I
1: went and did that and I ended up making it to like that. Cause there's like four or five rounds of that before you even ever step foot on a stage for like Simon Cowell. Right. So,
0: or even probably even producers. Right. I mean, you yeah, probably have to make it so far even to get yeah, There's
1: a bunch of rounds to, to ever like get on the actual show. And so I ended up getting to like the live auditions, like the ones for the celebrity judges. And I sang Before He Cheats by Carrie Underwood, which I don't know why 14 year old me, felt the need to sing that song. <laughs> like,
0: Doug, <my> key. <laughs> oh, literally. Like I was, I was
1: feeling it. Um, and yeah, I ended up getting through, but then the show got canceled in America. So I'm like, at the time I was obviously heartbroken, like my whole yeah. shattered around me, but now I'm very, very thankful that there's not like Fourteen-year-old me on X Factor evidence out in the world, so right.
0: Or if you like, I mean, if you get far in it, right? You kind of get the stigma of like, oh, that's you know, that's at least from X Factor. And you, when you're like, well, yeah, that was like two months of my life, but look at all my catalog of all these songs I've written. Yeah. You don't want to kind of get that stamp. I've I've I interviewed other artists. I had to kind of try to fight away from that for a while before almost like gaining respect that, yeah, I'm not just some reality show singer, like I'm a legit artist.
1: For sure. Yeah. I've known people too, who have gotten their start from that and people just always want to like tie you back to it for the rest of eternity. So although at the time I was very sad, now I feel like I'm, I'm, things happened the way they were supposed to happen.
0: Yeah, 100%. But yeah, I could see how that would be devastating. You do all these auditions, you get through, you finally get to sing to the judges. You make it through that. And they're like, oh yeah, this, we're going to yank this off the air.
1: Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Back to eighth grade.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did you, you said you moved to LA at 17. You graduated high school early then?
1: Yes. I got my GED after my sophomore year and I moved down here.
0: Wow. Did you, so you moved to, did you then move to pursue music? Like you knew this is what you wanted to do?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I always knew this was what I wanted to do. Like in fourth grade, the first email I ever made was called popstar Elise at yahoo.com. Awesome. <laughs> like, I have like diaries from being a little kid where I'm like, when I grow up, I want to be a pop star like Selena Gomez. So <laughs> I think <laughs> I always knew it's what I wanted to do. And as I got older and, you know, was able to like make more decisions for myself, I kind of realized like, okay, am I gonna go to college and like do music in college and then try to do music as a career? Or am I just gonna go do it while I'm young, you know, like get a head start on all this stuff? And that's the decision I made, which I am happy about. I am
0: that's a that was a great decision. I have two kids, and it's funny, my wife and I were talking last night, we're like, Yeah. I don't think we're unless they really want to go to college, I'm not going to be the one that's like, you need to go. Like my family was like, you have to go to college. And I'm like, okay. Like that was a big debt and no reason for it. But um, yeah, I feel like, especially with music, I mean, you go to to where, you know, Berkeley or whatever. And I think your end goal would want to be to be an artist. So I've, I've, I've chatted with a lot of people that like sophomore year in or whatever, they'll get a record deal or they'll get in a band that does something, and then it's like, well, now I went and spent all this money for two years, and you know, for for what kind of? You yeah, know what I mean,
1: I mean, unless you're trying to be like a doctor, or something where like or you
0: lawyer like, maybe
1: need to <laughs> yeah. be in order to like do the job, I right. think as time progresses, a lot of people are realizing it's not a necessity to go to college and for a lot of career choices. I mean, I definitely like super respect people that go to college. I think that's amazing, but yeah, especially with music, I kind of just had the realization of like, okay, I already like know how to sing and do music obviously there's a lot to learn with any skill like I'm not saying I'm all knowing but I was like I could go to school and you know learn more music theory and do all these things Mm -hmm. or I could just go do it so right it was very supportive of my choice and yeah now I'm I'm here that's
0: amazing yeah yeah it's like they're you're not going to go to school and they're going to be like okay here's the structure to write a hit song. And when you graduate, you will be able to do this consistently for the rest of your life. You know what if, I mean? <laughs> if they could teach a class on
1: how to write a hit song, like that class would be booked for the next 50 years. <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> um. So when do you, did you start off like doing YouTube covers or like, how did you like start putting music out when it came to that? Or were you really writing your own originals right away?
1: So I basically started, um, I was doing covers on YouTube and also Instagram. And that's kind of what started getting me like my first little bit of social media following was my covers. And that this was in a time where like social media was very different. And there Uh used to be these like big pages that would have millions of followers on Instagram. And they were like singing pages where they would just post people singing. And I started to get noticed by all these different like singing pages and just like vocal accounts. Um, So that's kind of what started getting me like some social media following behind me. And Uh then at the same time, I was writing a lot of original stuff, but I just knew nothing about the music industry. I was so fresh here. Like I, I really had no clue how any of this worked and I don't have any like family members or friends that were in the music industry. So I was kind of just like trying to figure it all out. And eventually after about two years of living here is when I actually like started releasing my own original music. Once I kind of, you know, Figured out how to even like do anything in the first place. And I have to shout out my mom because the first couple of years I lived here, she really like split her time between here and the bay and was always down here, like helping me and going with me to things and just like being the best mom ever. So, shout out to my mom.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> I, yeah, I love hearing, you know, the people that people have support like that because. Not a lot of people do. I mean, I still don't have support from my parents. They're like, what do you do? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, they still don't get it. So I'm so 40 true. years old. Yeah. <laughs> um, But no, that's awesome that she would do that and kind of, especially you were young. I mean, 17 when you moved to LA. It's such a big, big city, obviously, for anyone. And especially to be that, you know, kind of young when you're there. Yeah. Um,
1: being in LA as a teenager with no parental supervision, definitely, uh, altered my brain chemistry for
0: life. I bet. (laughs) Not that that's a bad thing. Um, (laughs) so you put out your first song, you said after a couple of years of being in LA and what was that like, do you have, uh, I mean, you were getting obviously traction on Instagram and stuff just from people noticing that you could sing really well. And then you put out a song was that, I mean, that must've been pretty exciting. Right. And then what was the kind of the response that you got? Like, was that a big validation for you?
1: It was the biggest validation for me. I put out the song and obviously like, I didn't expect much. I was just, I literally, I don't know if you know what tune core is, but. Oh yeah. 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 I literally no manager, no nothing. Like just uploaded the song on tune core. And I was like, yeah, whatever happens, happens. And it actually did pretty well. Like at the time that it felt so big. Like I remember it hit a million streams and I was like, Oh my God, like this is insane. I mean, that's
0: big now. (laughs) If somebody got a million streams on a song, they would freak. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. That's still massive.
1: It was a massive milestone. Like I was very, very happy. Um, And yeah, ever since then I was just, I've just been putting out stuff consistently. Um, Obviously like a lot has changed since then. And I've been through a lot of things in the industry since then, but yeah, that was, that was like a, definitely a big moment for me. I felt like it was years of just like so many things happening that culminated to that moment. So mm-hmm. I was very happy.
0: Do you still have that song up or is that something that you, Oh, yeah. is that with love made me do it? Was that the first yeah. one you did? Oh, wow. Okay. So that you put that out and then it does well on tune core. And then is that attracting people like, Whoa, like who's this, you know, who's the least like these songs are, this is a great song or it's got all these streams. Were you getting like people kind of coming out of the woodwork trying to wanting to manage you or sign you or anything like that? Was that kind
1: of happening around that time? It wasn't necessarily with that song. That was in 2018. And then that same year, I had released a couple of other singles afterwards. Um, and then late that year during October is when I released, I had the idea to do like a Halloween EP just mm-hmm. because I love Halloween and I'm a spooky bitch. So I was like, let's be spooky. <laughs> um, and that's when I feel like I really started getting traction. And that's when stuff kind of started changing. And I noticed people being like, What's what are you doing? Like, are you signed? Are you managed? All this stuff. And that was kind of the beginning of me getting into the actual like industry side of the music industry and not just being like, hee hee, I'm uploading songs on my computer.
0: Right. Right. I mean, but even all the songs you put out after Love Made Me Do it were like, I mean, Pinky Promise looks like that was the next one. That's like 12 million streams. I mean, you just continually put out songs that. People were gravitating towards. It was like it wasn't like love made me do it with some fluke, right? Like some people put a song out and it'll like maybe get a TikTok viral second, and then the next five songs they release have like the minus sign thousand next to the song. You know what I mean? Or less than. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. I felt very lucky. I still feel very lucky. Like. Um, I feel like right off the bat with releasing music, I, it somehow resonated with like a good amount of people. And I'm really, really grateful for that because I know in a lot of scenarios, that type of thing doesn't start happening until like much later. So yeah, I, I've felt like super grateful for that. And just like being able to get things off my chest in music and then people actually like, like them. And I'm like, Whoa, that's crazy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You said when you put out that first EP, that was uh, can you keep a secret? That was your first real official EP. Um, Yeah. I mean, nine one one is like hundreds of millions of streams. Was that what kind of really changed it, or was that after everyone started noticing you already? I mean, prior probably.
1: That was what really changed it. And honestly, like that EP did not, 911 did not come out and immediately off the bat start getting a bunch of streams and become a big song. It actually didn't even start picking up and gaining traction until like months after I had released the entire EP. And all of a sudden, I like woke up one morning and I'm like, oh, my song got like double as many streams as it did yesterday. And then the next morning, I'm like, oh, now it, you know, it just yeah. kind of kept, like going and going, and that was all just like independent. Like there was no marketing or money put into that. I didn't have like a team or a label, so that was what really, really changed it. And once nine one one started, you know, having like a sort of incline, that's when I really noticed the
0: yeah <laughs> the people. I mean- <laughs> and that you can't pin it point it to like any like pinnacle th- like you can't like go oh it got to play it would just happened to organically start to really just grow
1: Honestly, this was like pre-TikTok days, so it wasn't TikTok. Mm-hmm. The thing that made nine one one get big was so niche and like cool, and I didn't realize it until much later, but there's like this computer game called Gotcha Club, and it's literally like, I still don't fully understand the game, but it's a game where you create like an avatar and I, you're just like in a world, I guess, like I'm not really sure exactly the premise of the game, but... Mm-hmm my song got big on that game. And like people were using my song to make like music videos in the world of that game. Wow. I honestly owe my entire career to this fucking computer game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so wild. Oh my gosh. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've I've had a a experience to talk to other artists that have had, or it would be like, yeah, my YouTube video or my music video got put up on this channel that does you know, video games or people started making like Minecraft videos to the song and then it just blew up. It's like it's so the power of the internet and like these niche groups of people that have so many fans and followers that are that dedicated. It's it's so interesting to find those things on the internet. Cause if like that game, I've never even heard of it. But yet a hundred and nine, yeah. I mean, millions of people probably play it. They're making videos of your song and then it just, it explodes from there.
1: Super niche viral moment. (laughs) That's
0: incredible. (laughs) (laughs) You did another EP, uh, another Halloween EP, right? With Under My Bed. Just following suit in the same, I love Halloween. It's a year later. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, the Halloween EP is something I try to do every year. It doesn't always work out every year just because logistics and things. But every year that I'm able to do a Halloween EP, I do one just because I feel like now it's kind of become a tradition for like me and my fans. And I really enjoy making the Halloween style music. So Mm -hmm. it's always like fun for me to put it together. And yeah, we we love Halloween in this house.
0: it sounds like 20 i mean i'm sure the pandemic didn't help uh, with a halloween ep
1: yeah that was a year that i could not do a halloween ep not only because of the pandemic but also that was when i had just signed to like a label for the first time and was only a couple months into my like new label and there wasn't really like the infrastructure yet for me to be able to like drop a whole ep so we had to skip 2020.
0: (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um during the pandemic too, were, did you sign? Are you independent now though, right?
1: Oh uh, no? yeah, now. Okay, I- that's
0: what I thought. Um was it different? I mean, it must have been quite different being on a label versus putting out your songs on your own.
1: It definitely was. It was a big adjustment for me and I had gotten a label and like a very official management company right around the same time. So I literally went from being like, I'm independent. I can do anything I want whenever I want to like, Oh my God, I have like group messages of people to like run every decision by. And that's not to say anything bad about my label. Right. And like there, I honestly have no beef with anyone. And I think, that they all really like did their best. I just think I kind of realized that I'm the type of person that I need to have like that freedom and that independence.
0: Yeah, and I would imagine that'd be quite a change, especially if you've already, you've been putting songs out on your own and they're doing well. And it's like, okay, these people are gonna come in, which is great, right? I mean, money and and, and a team and everything I'm sure is very, very helpful um but also like now you're kind of under more of a you have more st- you can't just do whatever the hell you want right I mean exactly like, we have this plan like- and you're you you can not put this song out right now because we've got this you know six month thing going where we know we're gonna do this song and then this song and then this song and you're like well I just want to get all of them out because I got 10 more ready to go or whatever
1: exactly
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um with the pandemic aside from everybody being inside and I'm Sure. Were you doing a lot of live shows prior to the pandemic?
1: Honestly, no. No. the course of my career has worked out in such a strange way that there's always been like a block from me being able to perform live until recently um, because I started dropping music in 2018. And I like I said, I've said like 80 times. Sorry, I was. No, no no, 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 no. So I didn't really have like the know how or the team to like go Play shows. Right. So I wasn't playing shows then. Then I signed to a label, and like literally a week later, the pandemic happened. Oh,
0: after- wow. Okay.
1: So I was like, oh, so then clearly 2021. 2020 and 2021, there was no shows Nothing being at all. And then I became independent and that was 2022. And I kind of had to like rebuild the blocks of like everything that had happened from like my, just so much stuff. So now finally in 2023, I am playing shows and touring and it's been great.
0: Yeah. You have a lot of stuff going on. I did see you played, I'm from San Diego. I moved to Nashville like three years ago, but I uh, saw so you put the Voodoo Room, and you also did the House of Blues in Anaheim, which is uh, yeah. so rad. I love the Voodoo Room; it's such a cool little space there.
1: It was so cool, and we did the Parish in Anaheim too, which like was oh, so. I love that one. Cool like church vibes. I mm-hmm. thought it was. They were both really, really sick rooms.
0: I Parish is like right up your alley. I feel like that. Like if yeah. if, I, if I could pick a venue off the top of my head to see you at, it would probably be the Paris just because the, the aesthetic so, of like, it. It was so, like, goth. It's goth, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: We love a goth venue.
0: Yeah, I just, just from your imagery and your style of music, I was like, when I saw you were playing there, I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. I'm sure that was such a great show.
1: I was literally doing, like, a whole photo shoot before the show just, like, in the room because I was like, what is this, like, cathedral venue? Yeah. <laughs> I loved it.
0: <laughs> that is so cool you put out two uh two records in 2021 right i mean you did chaotic uh and you also had um what's the other one wolf Shh, i'm stupid i can't oh letting the wolf in
1: yeah that was so chaotic was my debut album which was like that I had been working on for almost three years before I dropped it. And then letting the wolf in was actually a project that came together like so fast. I didn't even think I was going to, that's more of a Halloween project, letting the wolf in like, out in October Halloween themed. Um, And I didn't even think I was going to do a Halloween project that year. And then all of a sudden in like August or July, My brain was like, "You're doing a Halloween album, and this one's gonna be longer." I was like,
0: "Yeah, it's because not EP; it's like a full-on album."
1: Yeah, so I made that in like the course of two months. I literally don't remember it; my brain blocked it out. (laughs) But but yeah, that was a very busy year full of music.
0: When you when it comes to the Halloween EPs, just versus like chaotic or uh, an album or release that's not you know, for, for that specific reason, are you writing the Halloween EPs? Is there like kind of uh, like a storyline behind the whole thing? I know the music videos each tell a story, but is there like, is it like a concept in full or is it like you're writing songs? You're like, Oh, this is pretty Halloweeny, or I'm watching this horror movie and I'm going to write to that. Like, how do you kind of separate the two and know like, this is for the Halloween or this is more of a Halloween vibe versus some, you know, a standalone song or something. for some. I project. think
1: it's like when I'm writing and I know I'm just writing a song for a song and it doesn't necessarily have to go into any greater body of work. There's like a very different vibe because when I'm writing a project before I even start the project, I try to be very intentional with like what the project is going to be about and what things I'm going to discuss and write about on the project so like for example letting the wolf in obviously sonically you want it to sound distinctly halloween which for me that comes in the form of like minor chords a lot of Mm. bells and music box sounds like you know just things that sound scarier and spookier Mm -hmm. Um, but like lyrically and conceptually like letting the wolf in is an album that's all about it's honestly an album that's about the same thing as chaotic was about. I just went through such a crazy relationship that I was like one album. Nah, I'm going to make two albums about this boy. Cause that's how much he put me through the ringer. Um, but it's basically just an album about like, you know, being someone where I felt like I was in a really good place. And then I met someone who really like flipped that upside down. And that's why it's called letting the wolf in. Cause it's kind of like, You're just innocent, little, little red riding hood. And all of a sudden let this like terrible thing in and nothing will ever be the same. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Was it therapeutic to kind of get those songs out? I mean, uh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And I'm usually not the type of person where I'm like writing the song is my therapy because it's honestly not. I feel like I have to get over the situation before I can even write about it. Otherwise I'm like too in it to mm, sure. music about it. And I know a lot of people like they make their best music while they're like totally mentally unhinged about something. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's yeah, no, 100%. A lot of people's genius yeah, yeah. Out. But it's just
0: funny people, to hear it, you say it like that. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> but I feel like for me it's almost the opposite where when I try to make music while I'm still like in it. I I can't like even focus on making anything coherent. I have to wait until I kind of like wrap it up in my mind and can see it from like a third eye perspective. And then I can go in and write how I'm feeling and like explain myself. And once I do that, that's like the bow on top. Then I'm like, okay, we're done. No more. <laughs> uh, that
0: makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Kind of writing when you're in it, in it. I could see for myself it being, yeah, difficult. It's almost like. You have so many, probably have so many thoughts, and you're just like, oh, like this, and like, or oh, this happened, or whatever. And then it's like to kind of put it all together in a streamline that makes sense. Uh, I'm sure it's much easier to do when you're like looking out from it, like you're over it, and you, okay, now you have like a bird's eye view of what happened, and it's like, okay, I can kind yeah. of organize this into something that makes a lot more sense. Um, yeah. So do you have? Uh, I love the new song, "Pretty in the Dark." And you've released a few other singles this year, really. Um, do you have, like, well, just, I guess first just tell me about Pretty in the Dark, and then I'm curious to see what you have to come.
1: So Pretty in the Dark, I, I'm, i like, so excited about this song. So basically, um, Ashley Sienna, who the song is with, I mm-hmm. found her on TikTok a while ago, and I actually saw her like making TikTok videos being like, Hey, like I'm new to music. If you like dark pop artists like Billie Eilish, Dove Cameron, Nessa Barrett, Elise, like whoever other people, then you'll like my music. And I found her on TikTok because of that. And then I kept up with her because I was like, This girl's music is really good. Like, I think she's really talented. And then when my shows were happening earlier this year, I was like, I'm just going to DM her and see if she would want to come open for the shows. So I did. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, oh, that was so easy. And I had so much anxiety about that. <laughs> she was probably I, freaking yeah. out.
0: I mean, the <laughs> fact that she called you out in a TikTok and then you DM her, if I was on the receiving end, I'd be like, oh my God, like, <laughs> She was probably having way more anxiety than you No, we've like talked about it and she
1: was literally like, I like freaked out. I was like, dude, I freaked out because she didn't even know. But I had already been like knowing about her and thinking she was really cool for like months. So I was Uh like, "Okay, perfect. So she came out to L.A., She opened for the shows. That's where we met. And after that, she had hit me up and just been like, dude, I have this song and like, I want to feature on it. And I think that you would be perfect for it. And I listened to the song and I my jaw dropped like I was like, this is so fucking good. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm. No, you
0: can cuss. No, no, no. (laughs) Please don't censor yourself.
1: Um, But I just thought it was great. So I went and wrote my verse and yeah, I'm, I'm like super happy with it. And she's like the queen of manifestation. That's her whole thing is like manifestation music, which I find so fascinating. And she's been like teaching me so much about it. And I feel like I'm just in this new like world of like, you know what, you're right. Like it does... It does work like you. She even told me, like, I manifested touring with you and then you messaged me like this shit works. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I think it does.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. I wonder, well, what have you learned about it? Because now I'm curious. How do I manifest something amazing myself?
1: I think like the main, thing, <laughs> the main thing she's been teaching me, because I did not like really know anything about manifestation prior to this. And she basically has been teaching me about the fact that it's more like it's all internal. Right. So uh-huh. if you say every day to yourself, like, I'm going to achieve this thing that I want to achieve and you wake up and you really believe that, like almost delusionally believe that then eventually you will like shape that to be a part of your reality because you're going to keep telling yourself that like you're meant to achieve this, you deserve to achieve this, like this is going to be yours. And then that will lead you to like doing the path of achieving that. So obviously at the end of the day, it's emergence of like believing in yourself and like the work it takes to actually like bring it to fruition. But I think like I was not utilizing the power of actually like speaking things into existence and like really believing them and i think it's like honestly very helpful and puts you in the right headspace to be able to like achieve the things that you want.
0: Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense, right? Cuz you're almost subconsciously then working towards whatever you've put out into the the ethos like oh i want to you know, i want to tour with Elise and then every morning i'm going to do this and then just you're almost probably working towards that goal every day and your, your chances of it happening are, you know, significantly better if you're actively or, you know, subconsciously working towards that.
1: Exactly. And like, it works both ways too. like, if you wake up every morning and tell yourself negative things and are like, I hate myself, I'm ugly. I don't like this about myself. Like you're going to feel that way. And it's going to show like it's going to show that you feel like shit about yourself. And even like in times there's there was a time last year where I was very stressed out and every day all my internal monologue was like, oh, my God, I'm so stressed out. I don't know what to do. I'm stressing. I'm a nutcase. I'm batshit. And within a couple of months, my hair started falling out. My skin got worse than it's ever been. Like literally chunks of my hair were falling out. Like I had like a bald spot in the back of my head. My skin got terrible. Like I I really feel like the things you say to yourself and the way you act towards yourself kind of does manifest part of your reality.
0: Oh, I bet. Yeah. I mean, if you're constantly telling yourself, yeah, it's like if you wake up and you're like, Oh, this you something happens right away and you're like, this day sucks. This is gonna be a shitty day. You then probably will, will have a shitty day for the rest of the day, right? Instead of being like, All right, I'm just gonna brush that off. That sucked. Whatever. Yeah. I'm gonna move forward. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. I I mean, I have that same problem where it's like I wake up or something happens, fuck, this day sucks. And then if I keep that in my head, the whole day is gonna suck until I finally realize, oh, well, that wasn't that big of a deal. Like just move forward.
1: Exactly. I mean, that,
0: yeah, the manifestations, yeah, it's such a wild thing. Um, so do you have a another EP or a project coming out, or are you just putting out singles? Like what I mean, you've put out a handful of songs. I did it hurt is a great song as well. I really like that. It's more of a strip back one, I think, from what I can remember as well. Um, but do you have an, an EP or are you working towards something right now?
1: So right now, I'm I mean, I I like to say like I'm always working on an album because I'm right now I'm currently going to be putting out singles for the next foreseeable future until potentially Halloween time when
0: Ah.
1: (laughs) I, my coffin, (laughs) but until then it's just going to be singles. But at the same time as putting out singles, I am working on a full length project. Um, I think it's going to be not until next year that anything like that gets released, but it's going to be very different from everything I've done in the past. And like the few songs I have for it already are just like, I'm really, really excited about them. They're very like fresh and new and they don't really sound anything like anything I've dropped. So I'm. I'm Oh,
0: interesting. I'm really excited to hear them. Thank you. Are you in, you just, you just played a handful of shows. Are you, are you doing another tour or did I miss that? Or you're kind of on, you're just kind of uh, done with that for the time being.
1: Kind of figuring it out right now. Definitely mm-hmm. want to tour again before the end of the year. So just kind of like finding things that make sense with like scheduling for everyone, but definitely looking into doing something before the end of the year. You
0: should come to Nashville. We'd love to, have I that.
1: would love to <laughs> actually like, it's crazy. My uncle um lives in Nashville and I want to go visit him. And I'm like, I literally do music and I've never been to Nashville. Like oh, that's, you would love it. That's fucked up. Like I have to go to Nashville.
0: I agree. <laughs> I agree.
1: <laughs> I've heard so many amazing things and like the food and like all the music history and the people, like I really, yeah. I really want.
0: And go. it's not just a country town. And when I moved here, I was like, I'm not really big on country music. Uh, but uh, everyone I've met, not a whole lot of them do that. A lot of I mean incredible songwriters, but people from all genres, which I was surprised at. but
1: yeah, um, I think like the stigma is like Nashville, it's country, but yeah,
0: it really is so I mean it, is, but it isn't. There isn't yeah.
1: like the roots are country, but now I feel like it's everything.
0: It's just the songs, yeah, it's 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 we love it here. and uh yeah, if you play here, I'd love to come come see you. but um, I appreciate your time. thank you so much for doing this, Lisa I really, really. Uh, had a great time. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. That was really fun. I, enjoyed I do.
0: It. Awesome. I do have one more question before I yeah. let you go. If you have a second, I want to know if you have, well, we kind of talked about manifestation, but I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists.
1: I do. I think the best advice that I can give any aspiring artist is you really need to like trust yourself and to really block out the noise. And what I mean by that is when you get into this industry and start doing music, a lot of people are going to have a lot of opinions. And especially if you're young, especially if you're a girl, people are going to want to try to put their opinion in front of yours and think that since they might be older or whatever the case is that they might be wiser. But in my opinion, Every true to themselves artist and great artist puts their trust in their own music before everything else, and nothing will ever be as raw and authentic as it is if it's something that you believe in. And even though listeners might not realize why they love a song so much, they might not understand the reason, but the reason is because they can feel that like you as the artist truly love that song and made it from your heart. So just take people's opinions with a grain of salt and believe in yourself above everything. And yeah, don't let, don't let things get to you. You have to have a really thick skin in this industry. So that's my best advice.